Today is Monday, November the 21st, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, down goes Rocky Top on a magical night at Williams-Brice Stadium as the South Carolina Gamecocks take down the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers by a final score of 63 to 38. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Victory Monday, and it feels good to be good, and we will celebrate and break down everything that happened under the lights on Saturday night. Guys, I will give my full thoughts on the game the night that was also my biggest takeaways from Saturday night. We'll hand out some TSUS game balls. I'll talk slap dick of the weekend and also hand out the weekly Cop Commander MVP award as well. We've also got news and notes to get into your listener questions, tons of voicemails, as you can imagine, here on this Victory Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down with the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to five players, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks optimizers, or mass multi-entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes, parlay with the over on Spencer Rattler. Guys, you can play anything and everything. Don't forget, of course, college basketball season is in full swing. So you can play college hoops. Again, any college sports, pro sports, anything and everything you're looking for, they have Got it. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Go down the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it.
smoke on Rocky Top. Telephone bill. Oh, Rocky Top. Hey, hey, hey. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Got beat in Willie B. <laughs> yeah yeah let's go ladies and gents boys and girls what's going on it's victory monday here and i hope you're all doing well thank y'all so much for tuning in man i really am on cloud nine right now as i know you all are as well again i appreciate you all tuning in i hope you're having a fantastic start to your week and I hope this show does find you well, no matter where you are, what you are doing. Of course, as always, I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. And guys, I, I'll tell you this, just on a quick side note. You know, I, I know that, and this is true for all college football fans or most, right? Certainly SEC football. It's an emotional roller coaster on a weekend, week out basis. And, you know, I, I know that at times – especially on social media, you know, you see people going at each other and it can get very hectic and chaotic, but man, and this might be my bias coming out, but I'd argue there's not, there's not a more fun fan base to be around, to engage with, to interact with, and of course be a part of than Gamecock Nation when we're rolling and Gamecock Nation we're winning. Because I'll tell you this, man, when the Garnet and Black win, when the Gamecocks are triumphant, you can put all your differences aside and we all come together and, and sing and dance and joy and have jubilation and just, man, I mean, it's it's just incredible. I'm literally on cloud freaking nine right now. Again, I thank y'all so much for tuning in. Um, I, I do want to start this show by saying thank y'all so much to those that, again, came by the final TSUS tailgate of the 2022 football season. And, man, it's it's just so cool interacting with you all. I know that's I say that every time, but it really is. It, it really is. And what was a magical weekend, a magical day, a magical night, of course, at Willie B. You know, it started, obviously, Friday at the Paul Feinbaum show and and <laughs> hanging out out there, interacting with you guys, and uh, had a lot of fun cutting up out there behind Paul. And then Saturday at the tailgate at Seawells, and then, obviously, Willie B. And storming the field after the game and – you know, it's awesome, man. There's the, <laughs> there's so many of you that uh, come up to me at the tailgate and say, man, you know, looking forward to the podcast on Monday. And it's 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 just incredible to know that people look forward to it to that level and to that degree. And that's just something I'll never I'll never take for granted. And it, it just it just still um, I have to pinch myself. I have to pinch myself. And, you know, because of the life that I'm living and the, the life we have an opportunity to live and what I get to do on a daily basis and. And uh, the community we've built, man, that's what makes it so special. You guys, and I want to say thank you again for the love, support. You guys coming by the tailgate again, showing love, and we all, you know, all of us getting to celebrate on the field together. I mean, that that was just, that was magical. Again, I know I'm already getting into my game breakdown, but, man, I, I'm just, I'm on cloud freaking nine right now. You know, I, I, I really thought, if you recall, the Texas A&M show, right, that Monday after Texas A&M, I, I really thought that was not, nece not necessarily the peak but I was like, man, like, I, I don't know how much happier I can get than this. This feeling I have today is is times a thousand, like, like not even remotely close. And it's it's just it's uh, 
oh, man, it's it's almost hard to put into words. Um, guys, we're going to dive in everything because I want to talk about this Tennessee game. I want to talk about the weekend, everything that happened really quick, though. A couple of quick updates and reminders, if you will. Uh, guys, it is rivalry week. And as the week goes, of course, I will dive into talking all things Clem sucks. Um, I do want to let you know our plans for the weekend, though. We will not be in the upstate for the game. Instead, we will be hosting our final watch party of the 2022 football season with our friends over at Carolina Ale House at the Harbison location in Columbia, South Carolina. So we'll be back on home soil, home territory, watching the rival game Saturday. Noon is the kickoff. Of course, doors open at 11. So again, those of you who are not making the trip, I know there will be a lot of Gamecocks going up there for that game. But if for any reason you're not making the trip, you've sworn off ever going back there ever again, which I know there are a lot of you out there that have done that, uh, come on out to Carolina Ale House in Harbison in Columbia, South Carolina. We can all watch it together and hopefully watch the Gamecocks get a big, big, big win over the Tigers this weekend and keep that positive momentum going. But again, really excited for that, for that watch party. Again, all details can be found on social media as well. I uh, also want to update you on content, guys. Podcast will be normal this week. Really happy to say Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It'll be normal. The Daily Crow, the only thing will be different. No TDC on Thursday, of course, because it is Thanksgiving. So, again, go eat your fair share of turkey, ham, whatever, the uh, the sides, or whatever you prefer. Uh, go enjoy Thanksgiving with your family, your friends, whoever it might be, and we will reconvene on Friday and get after it on game day eve of Carolina and Clem sucks. But, again, outside of that, guys, of course, as you've already seen, content bleeding out of the eyeballs. And it is because the Gamecocks took down the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. And, folks, it wasn't just an upset, right? I don't even know if labeling this an upset would be fair. Because if you think about the definition, what an upset normally looks like, right? It normally looks like the team that is doing the upsetting, right? They benefit from from turnovers or special teams or just some some crazy things happening, certain breaks going their way. That's not what happened on Saturday night. What happened on Saturday night was South Carolina lined up and whooped Tennessee's ass from the start until the very end of the ball game. I, I mean, guys... I got to be honest, sitting inside of Williams Bryce Stadium for the especially the first half, I, I could not believe what I was witnessing. And, and let me get that out of the way, by the way, right? Because normally I kind of go in order here. We talk about takeaways and we get in the game ball slap big of the week. Let's go ahead and dive into slap big of the weekend, okay? Because as you know, there's not a lot of these people, but there's some people certainly. Listen, I, I went to the game um against Tennessee with with no expectations with no hope heck I picked 59 to 13 Tennessee getting the W and, and here's what I will not do right I will not apologize for making a prediction right you take the information you have at hand and you formulate the best possible prediction that you can at that time with the knowledge you have so coming off the Florida game hey I gave my pick I had my expectations for the game. It is what it is. I'd much rather win than be right. Let me make that very, very clear. But while I won't apologize, I do have enough awareness 
to understand that, you know what, I didn't give this team a chance. I, I didn't. I did not give this team a chance. My best bet was Tennessee covering. Heck, even early on in the game, I was severely questioning the decision-making. Go back to the first drive, and this is more so why I'm making this decision, by the way, in regards to slap dick of the weekend. Opening drive of the game. And I thought this was a huge, huge moment in this ballgame, right? South Carolina is faced with a fourth and one. I think it was around the Tennessee, what was it, like 34, something like that. Fourth and one, okay? And the Gamecocks look like they're going to go for it. And I was imploring, kick the field goal, kick the field goal. Because after the weekend that was in Gainesville, it's like, okay, you didn't score an offensive point. You've had a positive opening drive. You've gone down the field. You can't come away empty-handed. You you undo all the positive momentum you've built on this drive, right? Shane Beamer and company said, hell no. We're going to go for it. we got to score touchdowns, not field goals. I was imploring. I tweeted to even kick the field goal. Kick the field goal. Well, you get a false start. So now it's fourth and six. You still go for it. So I'm really like, bro, kick the field goal. Well, not only do you not kick the field goal, you go for it and you get it. And you score a touchdown on that opening drive. You set the tone. And guys, I I really believe that was the moment that South Carolina setting the tone right there in that decision-making, showing the kahunas, right, to, to pull the trigger to say to hell with it. We know we got to score touchdowns. We can't kick field goals. We've got to be the aggressor. We're the underdog. What do we got to lose? Let's roll the dice. I applaud that. And guys, for that reason, while I will not apologize for my content going into the Tennessee game, I will not apologize for my prediction. I will label myself the slap dick of the weekend. And I'm very happy to do so. Listen, when you're as wrong as I was, not only in the prediction, but in the early game decision-making, I am more than happy to wear the badge of slap dick of the weekend. See, it's it's like I've told a lot of you. A lot of you get upset when you get called a slap dick or you get labeled a slap dick or, or whatever. We all wear that badge of slap dick at some point, right? And it's okay. It is what it is. Hey, listen, I was a slap dick this past weekend. That's great. Happy to be so. Happy to be the slap dick of the weekend because I'd much rather be a slap dick and South Carolina prove me wrong and shove it up my rear end and win then me be correct and us all be sitting here miserable on this Monday. So I'm more than happy to wear that. I wanted to get that out of the way because I know many of you are like waiting like, all right, Chris, time to eat crow. Come on, you got to eat crow. Your prediction was way off. Hey, I'm eating crow on this Monday. I'm going to go on Mark Ryan's show today later and eat some crow. I'm going to go on every appearance I have and eat crow. Every fan, Hey, on the daily crow all week, no pun intended, I will eat crow. I'm so happy to do so. And I tell you, man, I'm so happy for this football team, this program, this fan base, Shane Beamer, these players. And when you talk about this game, guys, my biggest takeaway and where you have to start, and we could spend the entire show talking about it, my biggest takeaway is this, guys. Spencer Rattler is him. Spencer Rattler is him. Shades of Steven Garcia against Alabama back in 2010. You know, I – I felt like, guys, over the summer, I I predicted this, but I said over the summer that I felt like Spencer Rattler was going to have a game or two, but at least one game where he put the team on his back and you saw and you said, that's who he is. There he is. That's the guy. He was going to put the team on his right shoulder and lead the Gamecocks to victory. And, folks, that is what you saw 
on Saturday night. I mean, we're talking about a dude that was dotting it up. 30 of 37. 438 yards. Six touchdowns. By, by the way, guys, he also had five carries for 16 yards, and he had a catch on the trick play for 15 yards. By the way, that's six touchdowns in an individual game. The all-time single-game record in South Carolina football history. Forever, Spencer Rattler's name will be etched at the top of the record book, book, of course, until somebody breaks it. But he will always be near the top or at the top of that record. I mean, you just, you cannot say enough good things about Spencer Rattler and his performance on Saturday night. Because I, and I'll say this, I'm going to get into play calling and my thoughts on the offense, all that. But the heat, and, and deservedly so, right, ha, has come down this season on Marcus Satterfield, his play calling, his scheme, et cetera. But admittedly, right, Spencer Rattler had not played great football to this point. And I want to give Spencer Rattler a lot of credit, though, through a really tough season. And one of the reasons I'm so happy for him is because it has been a tough season. It's been an incredibly tough season. Even while the Gamecocks had been winning games, right, even while South Carolina has been winning, his statistics have been suffering. He has not been having the type of season that he has wanted to have, even to this point. But he stayed positive. He stayed optimistic. You know, a guy that so many people, when South kind of picked him up, oh, he's got a bad attitude. He's a, he's a bad teammate. They labeled him this. They labeled him that. All Spencer Rattler's done, like his attitude and stuff, it's been a non-issue. There hadn't been a single week. There hadn't been a single week where a storyline has been, oh, man, you know, Spencer Rattler was was moping on the sidelines. Look at his body language. Look at him throw his helmet. Look at him do this, do that. Spencer Rattler has done nothing but remain humble, keep his head down, keep grinding, and finally, finally, for QB1, it all came together. I, I mean, <laughs> putting the ball exactly where he wanted. Um, I, I, obviously, guys, the the – I mean, you look at that offensive performance and you're just like, where in the world did this come from? I mean, truly, guys, if you would have told me at the tailgate, hey, Chris, the final score is going to be 63 to 38, I would have told you, oh, damn, good. USC almost covered. We scored 38 points. Like, that, that's what I would have thought, genuinely. The fact that South Carolina scored seven, excuse me, scored, scored uh, nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns is absolutely insane. Insane. And I know the question goes to, well, who was calling the plays? Was it sad? Was it this guy? Guys, I'll just say this because I, I don't want to go on some wild witch hunt trying to figure out, you know, who was calling plays and what have you. I'll say this, though. Here's my thought on it and, you know, taking things away from folks I've talked to and things I've heard and, and just watching it with my own two eyes, my, my feelings on it. I do want to tip my cap to Marcus Satterfield because if you're going to critique all season, you got to be willing to tip your cap when things go well. Because even if, even if he wasn't the main play caller, Marcus Satterfield is still the offensive coordinator. So you know what? I'm going to tip my cap to him. I'm going to tip my cap to everybody involved with that offensive staff who's in those offensive meetings. Everybody deserves credit for what happened on Saturday night. But in my opinion, was it Marcus Satterfield solely that was calling those plays? 
Was it Marcus Satterfield solely that put together that offensive game plan? I don't believe so. Because you just look at how that offense looked. You you looked at the 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 play calls themselves. You you looked at the creativity. You looked at the tempo. You looked at, you know, we didn't see a lot of a lot of check with me, did we? Like it looked so different. There's just no way in my mind I can sit here on this Monday and say to you all, yeah, that was Satterfield. He just turned a new leaf. He, he just he finally just turned a new leaf. And this is not me taking anything away, but this is a this is a topic of conversation. People want to talk about, you know, who was calling the play. Guys, I don't know. Again, was it all sat? I don't think it was. But if he's getting input from Freddie Kitchens, if he's getting input from Justin Stepp, if he's getting input from Shane Beamer, whoever it is, good, good. Use your resources. That's why they're on the staff. You shouldn't have to be doing it all by yourself, right? And so I think, obviously, after Florida, major adjustments were made. You know, you saw going back and watching the replay, you saw Justin Stepp talking to Spencer Rattler a couple of times on the sidelines. You know, later in the game, I thought I saw Shane Beamer and Sat pretty close together. You know, a lot of the plays or some of the plays going back and watching – you know, I did not see Marcus Satterfield. It looked like on the headset, like he had been before communicating anything. So, you know, again, I'm not going to get into some wild witch hunt. Who was it calling plays? You know, people want to say, is it still fire set? Like, you know what? We'll, we'll have the conversation in full after the season. Um, I, I don't think it was all him, though. But I, I'll tell you this, guys, on that note in regards to the offense. Because while I'm I'm stunned, right, to be sitting here on this Monday and South Carolina beat Tennessee 63 to 38. While I'm stunned to be sitting here on this Monday and, and that be the final result. Can we all agree that we're not completely shocked at what this offense did? Maybe just the magnitude in which it happened, but I, I think that's been one of the biggest frustrations. I think most all of us agreed that the playmakers on this offense were capable of these type of results. Like, bro, Antoine Wells is a dude. Some of those catches, some of those catches he made, unreal. That shoestring catch, unbelievable, right? Jaheim Bell is a dude back there. Worked in the passing game, worked in the running game. Dynamic, diabolical, right? You go down the list. Pull up the statistics here. Jalen Brooks had a good night. Amarian Brown using his speed. Hey, how about on Joyner with a pair of touchdowns on the night? Like, you have weapons, right? You have guys in this offense. Josh Van, two receiving touchdowns. My God, I'm about to leave him out. Josh Van with a big night. Juju McDowell in the passing game had a touchdown catch. Like, we felt like for quite a while, right? Like, all season, that these playmakers have been there. And by the way, shout out the offensive line for playing well. 153 rushing yards on the night, giving Spencer Rattler time. Solid pockets to work with. Thought they had an incredible game, right? But but I'm not like totally like shocked in regards to like, we felt like there were good players in this offense. Now, we lost all hope and faith in the scheme and the system and the play calling, which I think is very fair, but... These players have been here this entire time. And I think certainly that's one of the things that makes it so frustrating. And you, you don't want to necessarily overreact to one game. But what Saturday night showed you is just what all these pieces together are capable of. I mean, truly. Like, there are talented football players 
on this offense and, and to see it all come together without Marshawn Lloyd, by the way. Like, how crazy is that? Without Marshawn Lloyd, it all came together the way it did. I mean, guys, I, back to Spencer Rattler. I think I could argue, you know, Stephen Garcia obviously comes on our show every single Monday. Uh, he'll be on today. I can't wait to hear what the Roach King has to say, by the way, on TDC. You know, Stephen Garcia's game against Alabama in 2010. I mean, a legendary performance, one for the ages. I could argue, and you think back of some of the great performances by Gamecock quarterbacks, right? You think of Garcia 2010 against Bama. You think of Connor Shaw 2013 against Mizzou. You think of Steve Tannehill 95 against Mississippi State. Like, you, you, you think of some of these great games. Guys, I could argue what we witnessed on Saturday night from Spencer Rattler was the greatest performance, individual game performance by a Gamecocks quarterback we've ever seen. I mean, that was, when you think about the stage, when you think about the opponent, when you think about the scenario, and I mean, I think the only one that would really compare would be Steven's game, Garcia's game against Bama in 2010. And while that was a great game by Steven, obviously, right? An incredible game. I mean, Spencer Rattler's numbers were so gaudy. They were so absurd. And they could have been even better, had a couple drops in the game. You know, not egregious drops, but just drops. Could have been even better. Guys, I, I could argue that that was the single greatest performance ever at the quarterback position for the Garnet and Black. I, I mean, that, 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 that was just, I, that was incredible. I, I mean, and you could tell he was feeling it early. Right? You, you could tell early in that game, it's funny, guys, the first quarter, I really didn't allow myself to, <laughs> to get over the top excited because I was like, oh, you know, it's an early surge. You know, we'll kind of see if we can, especially when Tennessee, they go right down the field and score, right? They go right down the field with Eve. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, like let's let's, you know, we're kind of we're kind of trading blows here. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, as the game continued and you get into the second quarter and you start seeing some things happen, and you're like, okay, this this kind of feels like this could be our night, right? This this could be our night. And just, oh, man, what a magical night. I mean, what a magical night it was. Also, guys, I'll say this. Defensively, I think you got to give the Gamecocks defense some credit as well, man. I mean, it's it's we're, we're obviously going to spend all the time talking about Spencer Rattler and what the offense did because that was that was the question going in the game, right? That that was the major question. I know the defense hadn't played well, but it was like you knew you knew if you were going to do the unthinkable, your offense would have to do the unthinkable based on what they had done this season, which was score a boatload of points. You know, Tennessee with five hundred seven yards, three hundred fifty five yards through the air. Uh, 152 yards on the ground. But, I mean, all in all, guys, we're talking about a Tennessee offense that was averaging, what, like 45 a game or something like that? So, you held them under their average. You kept them in check just enough. And I, I, I just, though, go, guys, I, I go back to you knew that was going to be an offensive an offensive shootout of sorts if you were going to win, right? You, you just you knew you were going to have to score. And setting the tone on that first drive. I, I mean, I I just I, I keep going back to it, but that that first fourth down that you went for and converted, that to me just just set the tone in such a way that said, you know what? Number one, we are not happy with just keeping it close tonight. We are playing to win. We are playing free. We are playing loose. We're playing with nothing to lose. 
We are, um, you know, we know we've got to score touchdowns and not field goals to beat these guys. We're trying to seize early momentum in front of our crowd. And uh, I mean, dude, the, the crowd, my God. I mean, listen, it's, it's one of the reasons why I listed uh, – Gamecock Nation and the crowd and everything as one of my keys to the game and one of my key matchups. Because, you know, at times I feel like we can talk about home field advantage, maybe a little bit too much. But, I mean, you look at what South Carolina has done this season. 7-0 and at night. And games just hit different at Willie B, man. Weird things happen at Williams-Brice Stadium under the lights. I mean, it's it's just – it's a magical place where magical things happen – and teams with hopes and dreams, the playoff, those dreams come to die. I mean, the atmosphere was electric from start to finish. A true sellout, by the way. I know we had a lot of people that were like, oh, it's it's not really a sellout. you know? No, dude, it was packed. It was packed. It was electric. It was pandemonium. It, it, was, it was insanity. Um, just a magical night all the way around, man. Ran, ran into Dana Beers, by the way. Shout out our guy Dana Beers. Ran into him. Uh, I think like middle of the second quarter, I went to his bathroom and I saw Dana Beers in line for the concession and and uh, got, got to snag a snag a pick with my dude and I know he's making his decision today, so hopefully and I think he knows that USC is the right choice. But um, just just all in all, man, I mean, what a performance, what a game, and you know this is one of those games, guys, that we talked about. You know, and I talked about this last year actually going into Shane Beamer's first year about signature wins, right? Getting signature wins for your program and wins where you can really, really build off of. And, uh, you know, last year beating Florida and Auburn was really cool. Beating UNC in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl was really, really cool and a great step. Um, beating Texas a even beating Kentucky, right? Like snapping those streaks and getting the monkey off your back in Lexington and uh, winning those games was cool. But this win over Tennessee, I, I tell you, beating the fifth-ranked Volunteers, and again, you, you can say whatever you want about Tennessee, and I, you know, I, I don't even say they're overrated. I think we just whoop their ass. Like, like that's the beauty of it. I'm not going to sit here and chant overrated to Tennessee. Hey, we got them at our place, and we whoop their ass. Bottom line, I don't give a damn. We whooped that freaking ass, Rocky Top. You can go to hell. But uh, no, nah, I mean, it, it's just it's one of those games, man, that Shane Beamer can can point to. In recruiting, you know, you, you talk about a guy like Mazio Bennett who committed to Tennessee over the Gamecocks. Maybe he can, you know, you can get him to change his mind. And But it's just one of those games that, and, and I don't want to overreact to it, obviously, but this is certainly one of those nights and one of those games that five, six, seven years down the road, if, if and when things are really rolling right, you're winning double-digit games, maybe you're competing to go to Atlanta, maybe, God forbid, you're p- competing to go to the playoff or a national championship. You know, you'll look back on a game like this in year two and and say, you know, that that was a game that really laid the foundation for even bigger things to come. And and I think, obviously, at this point, this is Shane Beamer's signature win. And, and I will say this, I applaud that Gamecocks coaching staff. I applaud that football team. I applaud everyone within that program for truly blocking out the noise and, and responding to the adversity. Because, listen, hey, I call a spade a spade. I call as it is, like I said at the beginning – I'm going to give you my honest feedback and opinions based off what I see. And at this time last week, after you just gotten embarrassed by the Florida Gators, you didn't score a single offensive point, you got run up and down the field and run out of that stadium, I called it for what it was. I pronounced this team is dead. I thought this team was going to go 6-6. Six and six. I thought Tennessee and Clemson were just going to run right through them, and that would be it. And, um, you know, I, listen, I, I said it last week that this was a gut check game. Hey, we're going to find out what you're made of. We're going to find out what this football team is really about. And for those guys to rally around one another, to rally 
with each other and whether they used my content, maybe they don't, but whether they used whether they used the outside noise as fuel to the fire or whether they didn't, whatever, the fact they were able to come together and respond to the pressure and respond to the adversity in the right way, hey, kudos. Kudos, and I commend the effort, and I commend, um, you know, the 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 resiliency, you know, and the ability to do so. That I mean, that was incredible um, just all around. And, and again, what makes this win so sweet, guys, is that it's not some win that's like, oh, well, it was aided by turnovers. And, and you know, and I love Beamer Ball, obviously. Beamer Ball to the freaking moon. But, like, you know, it was aided by special teams. Beamer Ball, block punts, block kicks, you know, fluky. T- no, there, there was nothing fluky about that ass whooping on Saturday night. There, there's nothing fluky. Cocky top, there was nothing fluky about it. I mean, South Carolina lined up and just dominated. I mean, you look at these statistics. Eight of 11 on third down, the Gamecocks were. Two for two on fourth down. 606 total yards, 453 passing yards through the air, 153 yards on the ground, four yards per carry. You dominated time possession 38 minutes to 21 minutes or 38.58 to 21.02. I mean, it was just a pure domination. Just a pure domination. South Carolina, to me, was the aggressor. They took it to Tennessee. They kept punching and punching and punching and punching. Also, the Gamecocks played a clean football game, didn't turn the ball over once, didn't shoot themselves in the foot. And, I mean, that that again, that's what makes it so sweet, man. Is like I said, it, it's, it's technically an upset, right? Because they were the fifth-ranked team in the country. You were unranked, and you were also a 23-point underdog. But, I mean, God, the way you won, you would have thought South Carolina was the fifth-ranked team. You would have thought the Gamecocks were the – or the 23-point uh, underdog. And again, guys, I, I I can't I couldn't be happier to be wrong. Um, shout out, by the way, to Clayton White and the defensive staff for the second-half adjustments. You only allow 14 points in that second half. You know what I love to see, too, by the way, guys, just on a side note, is that, uh, you know, a lot of young guys made plays. D.Q. Smith, Stone Blanton when he stepped in. Uh, you know, you saw youngsters out there balling out, but – you know, on senior night, I saw a lot of veteran guys back there making plays, man. Brad Johnson, the carry-on joiner, Josh Van, um, you know, everybody, Eric Douglas on the offensive line. I mean, you know, the the Zach Pickens. I mean, the, the list, Sherrod Green, right, when he came back from injury or all throughout the game even. Uh, you know, Cam Smith locking down Jalen Hyatt, who was talking his shit all week long. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Darius Rush. I mean, it, just so many veteran dudes that when you think of how a team should play and attack a game at senior night, that's that's what you think of. I mean, that that's just truly, genuinely what you think of. And this football team, you know, again, guys, I, I, I'm not, you know, we're, we're, we're celebrating, we're, we're dancing on Tennessee's grave, and you should, guys. And I'll tell you this. I, I'll tell you this. What's so interesting is that, you know, Austin from uh, – God, the, the podcast is is slipping my mind right now. I believe it's I believe it's channel. I believe it's channel. I apologize. Yeah, channel Tennessee. Okay. It's it's a Tennessee podcast. They've got like 19,000 followers on Twitter. And I think he's actually going to get me on to talk some college football and talk about the game. Either way, I, I'll just say this. I've had a lot of great interactions with Tennessee folks, believe it or not. Uh in person, that is. And really, really haven't caught a lot of flack on social media. I don't know. These, these Tennessee people, I, I don't know why they seem to appreciate, I just think, the realism and the content. They probably liked that last week I was 
praising them all week and picking them to kick our asses, but they, they I don't know, they they tend to they tend to appreciate TSUS and our work. But I will say this. I don't know that over the last calendar year, outside of maybe Clemson, there have been a fan base who taunted and teased Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks more than that Tennessee fan base. So, guys, I say this. You're a Gamecock on social media. I mean, obviously, use common sense and keep it civil. But, my goodness, I mean, dance on the graves all week long. Talk your shit. Do your thing. Hey, I'm going to be smoking the Volpac basically all week long before we transition into obviously what's upcoming this weekend with the rivalry. But, uh, I mean, celebrate this one, guys. And, I, and I'll say this. That those moments as the clock was winding down and seeing everyone rush the field and and uh, myself rushing the field, obviously. I mean, that, that was just – Saturday night was one of those nights, man, where it's like, you know, I, I've considered – I'll tell you guys, I'll be transparent. You know, I, I've considered – um, you know, staying back, not going to games, not even doing the tailgate and doing like a pregame and a postgame show in the studio and, 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 and sort of attacking things that way with content. But I still love going to games. And one of the reasons I still love going to games is you just never know, number one. And number two, I mean, guys, you make memories that will last forever. And the memory that I have now of being on the field, you know, as I sit here, I've got a piece of the Williams-Rice Stadium shrub to my left in my hand as we speak. I, I mean, being on the field, hanging out with you guys, shaking hands, dapping up, hugging, literally just me hugging strangers, right, celebrating the win. I, I mean, th those are memories. That that That's a memory, that game Saturday night and that post game. And, I mean, that's just a memory that will live with me forever and, and it'll live with all of us forever. And, I mean, just what a magic. I mean, just pure magic, dude. Just just, just a magical night at Willie B. And, and uh, one we'll never forget. And, again, I think one that we can certainly and Shane Beamer will certainly use to forward this program and move this program forward. And, again, I, I just – I really applaud the effort of everybody in that building – the resiliency, because again, I pronounce this team as dead. Most people pronounce this team as dead after the Florida game started. You know, people were questioning Shane Beamer, guys. Is Shane Beamer the guy? You know, can he can he make tough decisions? Like, you know, and I, and I don't think any of the criticism or most of the criticism was really unjustified. But when you have a group of people that are as passionate as Gamecock fans are, you know, you react in accordance to what happens on the field and. Um, you know, the feeling we had a week ago to the date was the opposite of the one that we have right now. But, but just, oh, man, I, I mean, I could just go on and on and on about the night that was and, and this football team just flat out dominating Tennessee, man. I mean, it, that was just pure and utter domination in all phases. You know, it's so funny. We say Beamer ball to the moon, but our guy Kai Kroger didn't have to kick a single punt. You didn't kick a single field goal like special teams. Um, didn't have to do a whole lot. And you know what? That's okay. We don't mind that at all. That's okay. So, uh, you know, just, just, uh, a game. Hey, Gamecocks are still undefeated seven and oh, when they score first, when they have a lead, there hasn't been a lead change. Um, uh, I believe in early, excuse me. What is there? Haven't been a lead change in sec games. I think I should say, right. Four and oh, in those hasn't been a lead change though. When South Carolina gets a lead, they hold on to it. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's it's why we love this this crazy, wacky, at times stupid, most of the times unexplainable game that we call college football. I mean, it, it's just unreal, and and 
man, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm continuing to search for the words to describe what was an incredible night. And I'm so excited, man, to celebrate this damn thing all week long, smoke the Volpac and, and, and just celebrate it with you all, man. It's, it's, it feels good to be good. I know that for damn sure. It feels good to be good. And uh, yeah, just, just an unreal performance by this team. And, and uh, you know, we were hoping, right. And, you know, I, and I'll say this before I, before we move on that, you know, the way this season had gone, even look at last season, right? Like, you, you didn't really – you had a couple of nice wins. Like, Florida was a nice win. Auburn was a nice win. But Florida, you looked at and said, yeah, but Florida was reeling. You look at Auburn, you're like, yeah, but Auburn sucked. And then you looked at this season. You beat Kentucky. Yeah, but they didn't have Will Levis. You looked at A&M. Well, yeah, but they are, they're a dumpster fire. It's so nice to sit here and be like, you know what, that Tennessee win – that was a statement, dude. You, you, there's no yeah, but that, that, none of it, none. There's no yeah, but Tennessee was the fifth ranked team in the country. They had dominated everyone, not named the Georgia Bulldogs. That was a good football team that you beat. And South Carolina didn't just beat them; they dominated them. They dominated them. They left no doubt. And it just feels good, man, to know that like you, you, you've, you've got that game to truly hang your hat on. And, man, to hell with Tennessee. What a night, dude. All right, let's hand out some game balls real quick. Uh, Antoine Wells. We got to start with Antoine Wells, dude. What a night. Juice. Juice. 11 catches for 177 yards. Somehow he didn't have a receiving touchdown. He did have the one rushing touchdown, though. One carry for three yards and a touchdown. Uh, again, 11 catches for 177, 16.1 yards per catch. His long was 36, but dude, some of those catches he were making, he was making, were absolutely incredible. Also, Jaheim Bell, man, he gets a game ball. Um, you look at his numbers on the ground: 17 for 82, 4.8 yards per carry, uh, receiving five catches for 39 yards, and had two receiving touchdowns. Seeing Jaheim Bell be utilized the way in which he was. And I'll say this, he actually looked good at running back. I, I thought he was actually very, very solid at running back. But seeing him utilized in the passing game as well, that's what we all really wanted to see, right? That's what we all really wanted to see. And, you know, he, he's going to make an offensive coordinator in the NFL very, very happy one day. Also want to give a game ball to Cam Smith. I mean, you look at the numbers for Cam, uh, seven total tackles, one tackle for loss. The way he was able, though, to lock down Jalen Hyatt, who you look at Hyatt's numbers, and for some receivers, this would be a pretty good night, right? He had a six catches for 65 yards, no touchdowns, though. But after the entire week of the storyline of, you know, Jalen Hyatt wasn't offered and talking all this shit, and he's coming back to Willie B and this, that, whatever. For Cam Smith to do what he did in locking down Jalen Hyatt and shutting him up, and then, and then in the postgame, just drop your nuts, he said. They said, what were the second half adjustments? He said, there weren't no adjustments. We just dropped our nuts. <laughs> That's a big cock club comment if I ever heard one. I mean, straight up. Honorary member Cam Smith should be at a big cock club. Uh, also, guys, on the game ball, hey, we got a pair of coordinators that deserve it, man. I'm giving a game ball to Marcus Satterfield. Shane Beamer actually gave a game ball to Marcus Satterfield, if you did not know after the game. But, you know, again, wh whether it was Sack calling the plays, whether it was somebody else, whether it was a joint effort, I've been coming down on SAT all year long, and, and guys, we'll get into it more after the season, but I'll tell you this. I'm not even sitting here telling you that South Carolina doesn't still need to make a change at OC because 
while it's great, it's awesome. It's like, why did it take so long? Like, like what? Why? Like, why? I have I have questions. Now I have more questions. But either way, we'll worry about that at a later time. Marcus Satterfield, game ball. That entire offensive staff should get a game ball. Just a magical, masterful, incredibly called game. I don't know who exactly was calling it, but Satterfield, he's the OC. Give credit where credit's due. Unreal performance, unreal scheme, unreal plan, unreal attack. And then Clayton White as well. I want to give him a game ball also because, again, while Tennessee was able to rack up some numbers, get their yards, what have you, um, they were able to make the adjustments and, and, and you know, be sort of that bend but don't break defense and, and, and give South Carolina a chance in this one and not let Tennessee go up and down the field at will. You know, I, I don't feel like Tennessee ever really got that big, big play. You know, they had a couple, but a lot of those deep shots thought the coverage was fantastic. You know, you lose Nick Eamon Worry and you make the adjustment, right? Peyton Williams comes in, plays good football, almost has a pick. Um, you know, you lose Sherrod Green for a bit and, and Stone Blanton steps in and plays beautifully. I mean, just, you know, Zach Pickens made some nice plays. Jordan Birch made a nice play on that fourth down. I mean, just just guys making ball plays, man. Just guys making ball plays. And I thought Clayton White did a great job of coaching them up, getting them ready. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think tempo was a huge issue in that game, which was really surprising. So credit to those guys. Credit to the entire, entire coaching staff. We could hand out so many game balls for this one. But, uh, yeah, all well-deserved for sure. Of course, guys, like I mentioned already, Slap Big of the Weekend is yours truly, and I will proudly, proudly hold that L and hold that Slap Big of the Weekend honor and wear that Slap Big of the Weekend badge. I ran into many of you after the game, and I told many of you, hey, listen, I picked 59-13 to Tennessee. Hey, I'm the Slap Big of the Weekend, man. I'm glad to be so. So, feels good to be a Slap Dick on this Monday, if, if, if it's even possible. Um, finally, guys, our Cock Commander MVP Award. I mean, this one's a no-brainer. Spencer Rattler. Hey, let's give a round of applause for Spencer Rattler. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Stop what you're doing and give the young man a round of applause. 30 of 37, 438 yards, six touchdowns through the air. Also on the ground, he had five carries for 16 yards, and he also had a catch for 15 yards that damn near could have been a touchdown. Like I mentioned, guys, not only is he the MVP for this game, that may have been the single greatest performance by a Gamecocks quarterback in an individual game that we have ever seen. Just unreal. Unreal. And so happy for Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, guys, I'm confident in saying would have beaten any team in college football on Saturday night. That's how good he was. Unbelievable. Um, guys, that's going to do it for my breakdown of the Tennessee game. We're going to keep the conversation going all week long. I do want to hear from you on the Daily Crow and, of course, the podcast and all throughout our content. But, man, I mean, we could just go on and on and on and on and on. But what a magical night. What a magical night. And, you know, I really do believe, guys, I think it's the first of many in the Shane Beamer era. I, I really do. I, I really do believe that. I think it's the first of many. And, um Damn, it feels good to be good, and it feels good to win. I can tell you that much. You know what it also feels good to do? It feels good when you win to smoke the pack. The Volpack, right? Hey, you saw Brad Johnson after the game smoking the Volpack. Yours truly was smoking the Volpack. You need to get your pack as well because we got a big game upcoming this weekend, and there's only one place that I get mine from, guys, and that's our friends down in Hilton Head Island over at Carolina Cigars. Guys, Carolina Cigars has been in operation since 2008, recently taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Whether you're new to the cigar scene or you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop 
enjoyable. Stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together, share conversations, and become friends. So if you're into cigars and you're on Hilton Head Island, you really do need to go by and visit them. They offer same-day shipping nationwide, free delivery island-wide for weddings and all special occasions. They're also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations around Hilton Head Island, and they have special events going on throughout the year as well. They want to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection they're very proud of and their beautiful cigar lounge. So when you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars, and guys, there's only one place that I get my cigars that's it, Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Come and share your passion. It's all there at Carolina Cigars. You can find them on Instagram at, at Carolina underscore cigars. That's at Carolina underscore cigars. Or give them a call today at 843-681-8600. That's 843-681-8600. Smoke them if you got them. And tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. And guys, if you order now, you can get your packs, your Clem Sucks packs in time for the game this weekend. Be sure to order yours today. Let's get into our news and notes, guys. Then we'll get into your listener questions and voicemails. Again, as you can imagine, we have got a ton of voicemails here on this Victory Monday. Um... The only note, guys, we have, the gambling line is officially out for rivalry weekend. Gamecocks open as a 16-point underdog against Clem Sucks. And we'll talk about it more on Wednesday, guys, the gambling line. I, I will just say this. I was a bit surprised. I was a bit surprised to see it open that high. Um, and that line opening earlier on Sunday, I'm going to check really quick and see if there's been any movement already. Um, let's see. No, I'm not seeing any movement. So 16 is where the line is at. Also 47 and a half is the total. So I think Vegas is expecting a little bit of a lower scoring game, but, uh, obviously the sharps in Vegas were not, I guess, convinced or not overly impressed if that's even possible I don't know but I, either way um Gamecocks just won as a 23 point underdog so does it really matter I I don't I don't think it does but uh, certainly interesting that Vegas thinks Clem sucks is a 16 point favorite or should be a 16 point favorite in this ball game again we'll talk more gambling on Wednesday all right that being said guys hey let's dive in your voicemails we're celebrating here on this Monday let's go ahead and get into it Hey, Chris. Um, this is Jackson. Um, I actually live in Johnson City, Tennessee. This game is, I honestly, I probably care about this game more than Clemson, man. And um, my uh, my ex-girlfriend got me tickets for this game for my birthday in September. And she broke up with me like three weeks ago, but she let me keep the tickets. And oh my gosh, I went with my friend from high school who's at UT right now. And oh my gosh, that I've never, I've, I've only been to Winners Bryce six times and I've never lost. Um, so, uh, maybe I'll go to the Clemson game next year. Um, gosh, I don't even know that. I mean, if you just told me we kept Tennessee to 38, I'd been like, oh, cool. Well, like we scored what, like nine, like that was absolutely amazing. Um, can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Jackson, that is an incredible story, bro. I absolutely love that. Uh, it sounds like my friend, you've got to get season tickets though, because if you're six and zero at Willie B., uh, we're going to have to get you inside the stadium a little bit more often. But, uh, dude, that that's incredible, man. I mean, like I said, it's 
it's it's nights like Saturday that are just memories that'll live with you forever. And Jackson, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that you were able to retain those tickets and hold on, my friend. And hey, I'll tell you this, Jackson, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I'm 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 so happy for you, my guy. Let's keep it going. Coffee top, you'll always be home, sweet home to me. Good old coffee top. Coffee top that really seems fucking Chris. Let's go, my guy Cole. I appreciate it, my guy. What a call. What a call. Uh, absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Appreciate you. All right, let's keep going. All right, man. Just just a program changing win. You know, going into this game, the narrative was, you know, Tennessee's unveiling new uniforms. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's talking all this shit. Uh, this was supposed to be a game about Tennessee, and we were not going to let it happen. I mean, game combination showed up. We were loud. We disrupted them. Uh, team showed up, offense and defense. And, you know, now the narrative goes from look at what Josh Teifel is doing to look what Shane Beamer is doing. Uh, special things are happening in Columbia, South Carolina. And this was a special win. And, again, you know, uh, it, I feel like there will be a lot more special special wins in the future. Um but but just what a night all around. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. But but go Cox, beat uh, Clemson. Let's go. My guy Dalton, who was sitting right behind me at the game, Dalton. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, I know what you were looking for. The words you were looking for. Josh Heupel, uh, Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, what happened? Uh, I think I think those were the words, Dalton, that you were uh, that you were looking for, my guy. So, all right, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here with our next one. Just don't say there ain't no damn way you're a Gamecock fan that you think Marcus Satterfield called those plays. There's no fucking way. I got buddies calling me saying Marcus Satterfield, turn around, listen. If you if you watch any <laughs> Carolina game, there's no way. That you believe that he called this one. Freddie Kitchens called him. Let's go. Move on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving up. Go cock. Fuck Tennessee. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate my friend. Yeah, listen. I, I I don't I don't I don't know who was calling him plays, man. Whether it was, you know, Freddie Satterfield or Marcus Kitchens or Justin Stepp, I don't know, man. I'm just happier than hell. I, I, I just, hey, I'm glad somebody figured it out. That's it. Gamecocks, I've been a fan for years, and I love them. But, oh, my God, they are not called the cardiac Gamecocks for nothing. And tonight, I swear to God, though, I, I'm just over the moon for them. I am ecstatic for our future. God bless them. God bless this show. And let's go, Gamecocks. My man, I appreciate the call. Love that. I appreciate you. And dude, what a night. Yeah. I, I love I love all these. I, I love uh I love all these voicemails, man. At this point I just don't know what to make of uh Satterfield and the offense and just the team in general. Um, you know, I'm celebrating, I'm happy tonight. 
having a good time, but it just seems like there's this black and white. We're either prepared and play excellent, or we are completely unprepared and just lose. Like, you look at Missouri, you look at, um, you know, other games that we've lost, and then you look at Kentucky, we come out strong, we come out strong tonight, we come out strong even against Vandy, and, you know, we win, we play well, but... I don't know. It's just black and white. We're either prepared or completely unprepared, especially with the offense of Satterfield. I don't know what to make of it. A week ago, I was all for, you know, fire Satterfield, fire Satterfield, but he's, you know, put up 63 against Tennessee. I really don't know what to think. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And listen, I, I, it's the, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it's, it's the, the life of a Gamecock, right? Where it's so Jekyll or Hyde and, uh, or Jekyll and Hyde, if you will, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just, I'm just giddy. We did show up, and and I will say this though: in the games that we did not show up, you look back and it was offense. I, I feel like it was mainly offense that was not up to the task. And so, I mean, just what you saw, man, when you got a great offensive plan and execution, and you put that together, and great things happen. So, just fingers crossed, right? You can carry that over to the last two games. So. want to say uh i lost my older brother this year he he passed away this year on his birthday march 31st he was a diehard carolina fan and the first thing i thought of when uh i saw this win i thought about him uh his name was Johanna and man hey it's one for him man good game card that's incredible, man. Thank you for the voicemail. Joel Hannah, I think I'm saying that right. If I if I misunderstood the name, I apologize. But R.I.P. your brother, man. And, you know, that's that's incredible. That's incredible. I, I love hearing that, man. I really do. And uh, happy the Gamecocks were able to get a win for your brother, for you, for your family. And I appreciate you that sharing that with us. Uh, guys, we're going to do a couple more voicemails. I mean, we, we've, we've got so many. Um, we've got so many. <laughs> Let's see. I don't even know how to pick which ones I'm going to play. Um, let's see. Here we go. Yeah. How about this voicemail? Not a South Carolina fan at all. George Bulldog here. I'm, I'm not telling you that I would die for Shane Beamer, right? But that man, I have his back in any bar fight for the rest of my life. I have had so much fun tonight. I love Shane Beamer, and as long as he's there, I love Doc. Go Cox. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like we made some Georgia fans happy on Saturday night. How about that, huh? How about this? We got a Tennessee fan that called in. Let's keep it going with the rival fan. Here we go. Hey, Chris. I'll tell you, good game. Y'all kicked our ass. But down the stretch, I don't know what to say, man. The gang, y'all have a good ass podcast, though. I'm, I'm, uh, I listen sometimes. Keep up the good work, man. Talk to y'all later. Go balls. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I, that's that's classy. I appreciate that. Um, again, Tennessee people, man, have been nothing but good to me, and uh, you know, like I said, I I, I appreciate the love and game recognized game man and south carolina is the one that had the game on saturday night for sure all right let's keep it keep it keep it rolling here we will keep it rolling but no way that was the sole play caller tonight for this game regardless incredible win 
60 burger on Tennessee. Go Cox. Beamer ball to the moon, baby. Beamer ball to the moon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's keep it going. Calling from Spring Hill, Tennessee. Gamecock stuck in Tennessee, but man, it's a good night to be a Gamecock stuck in Tennessee. Awesome. Go Cox. We're going to get you next week, Clemson. I love that. I love that. Thank you. That's awesome. That's a couple more. Michelle Estates is out in Las Vegas. Uh, one of my closest friends in all the world uh, happens to be a uh, professional poker player that has a degree from Rocky Flop. You might have heard of him, Chris Moneymaker, and I have been giving him crap all night. And uh, finally, I sent him a tweet that says, Rocky Flop again. There goes your college football uh, uh, playoff implications. Talk to you soon, my friend. Go Cox. What a what a call! What a legend! Talking shit to Chris Moneymaker, that's it. <laughs> that's wild, guys. We got two more voicemails, and then we'll roll into your questions. But these are incredible. These are incredible, truly. What's up, buddy? Tyler from Sarasota. I just wanted to give you a call. Um, went to the game last week in Gainesville and was extremely disappointed. But after watching the game, gosh, it feels good to be a Gamecock. Um, damn, I can't even get over that score. My buddy's a, a Tennessee alumni, and uh, damn, go Cox. <laughs> Damn's a good way to put it, my guy. Tyler from Sarasota, I appreciate the call. Yeah, what what a, what a, what a difference, right, a week makes. Like, the way we feel right now versus last week, I, I just – it's unreal. All right, one last voicemail, and then we'll dive in these questions. I'm glad we won tonight, but I have some bad news to share. I think Marcus Satterfield just got his shot back. I'm not happy about it, but after that win, if he was calling the plays the entire night, he got his job back. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I love that voicemail. That voicemail makes me laugh because that, that's just like the debate. Like, who's called the plays? Like, it's just like a wild witch hunt. But, dude, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, listen. If you if you go, let's just play the fun hypothetical game. If if you go beat Clemson and, um, you know, take care of business there. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe you start to have a different discussion. All right, let's get these listener questions and we'll get out of here. Um. Uh, Chloe Zeke says the best damn team ever. I hear you. Uh, Spam shy. Oh my God. What actually happened? Scott Howard, LFG. Coop K 2023. Beer ball, baby. LFG. Bob Maggio. Much joy. I'm Nate 93. Holy shit. Go Cox. No way. Sat was calling the plays. F the balls. Love it. Luke sweat. Unbelievable. Garrett Jones. I don't want to hear shit from Spencer disbelievers. Yeah. Spencer uh, showed why he's QB one. Indeed. Kate864, I Rattler, an apology. I've never been so happy to eat crow. Yeah, incredible night from Spencer Rattler, man. Uh, Nick Randall, it finally happened. I found some joy. Spencer Sox, the streak continues. No lead change, undefeated at night, 7-0 when scoring first. Eubanks, Dalton, 7-0 we play after 7. Can we please play Clemson after 7 as well? Yeah, I wish. kind of wish Clemson was a night game now. Uh, T. Anderson, 005, we want Clemson. American Offshore, historic night. Soaking all in could be the spark the program desperately needs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is no doubt a spark. This is no doubt a spark. A huge signature win for uh, for Shane Beamer. 
Austin G45, these are the kind of wins that change the program. Huge night for being on the team. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, Lee Russell, happy birthday to me. Lee, our, the real MV Lee, the real MVP over at Carolina Ale House. Shout out to Lee. I uh, appreciate you leaving that. Happy birthday to you, Lee. Hope to see you at Carolina Ale House this weekend. Um, let's see. Mr. Brown Lee, uh, which, by the way, I see your picture is you sporting the Beamer Ball towel. So thank you. I appreciate that. Heck of a night to be a Gamecock. Clem sucks. You're next. Love it. Zach Anderson, all of us included, uh, including myself, owe an apology. Oh, Shane, an apology for saving, saying program can be perfected in two seasons. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's what a win. What a win. Um, Alex Ferrado, huge win. How does this happen? Where has that passing attack been all year? I, I think that's the question, obviously, coming out is like, where has it been all season long? Tori, my cousin, what's up, man? SC on top, 28 to 17 against Clem Sucks. Okay, we got early predictions for Clem Sucks coming in. Uh, Super Cooper, does this mean Sack gets the cock commander? I don't know, go Cox. Uh, Luke Weatherford, insane experience rushing the field. Indeed. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, Max Wagon, who was calling the plays, perfecto. Chef's, cli- Chef's kiss, F Clemson. Noah B, 81-10, amazing win. Seems as if Sack was not primary play caller. Thoughts? I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Uh, let's see. Chris Coxie, who in the hell was calling plays? Beamer ball. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't know. And then final one, I'm going to give this guy what he wants here. Max Shufo, your entire brand is a fraud. Fade TSUS. Guy's been commenting on my stuff. Max, whatever I'm doing, my guy, it's working. TSUS to the moon. Beamer ball to the moon. Max Shufo, a slap dick for all the wrong reasons, my guy. Do better, Max. Do better. Uh, anyways, guys, thank you all so much for the questions, the voicemails. And for making this weekend one of the most memorable weekends in the history of my Gamecock fandom ever. And I know a weekend that will forever live on for all of us. Uh, just an incredible time. A magical weekend in Columbia. A magical week, a magical night at Willie B, I should say. I mean, storming the field is something I'll just... Man, it's something I'll never forget. And, and truly, and I just can't wait to do it again. Uh, a season at Williams-Brice Stadium has concluded yet again. And I already can't wait for next season at Williams-Brice Stadium to come back together and, and looking forward to this week. Obviously, guys, it's rivalry week. We're going to break that all down, get into it, dive deep into it on the Daily Crow, the podcast, of course, and all throughout our content. But, uh, again, guys, old cocky top. Old cocky top took him down at Willie B. Feels good to be good. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday And we will talk to you all on Wednesday. who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.